Corey. All right, welcome back to the North and Gold podcast. We've got a lot to cover. We've had an exciting weekend. My name is Benji. I'm on Twitter at Alaskutan, and I'm joined by my diligent co-host who's who's really uh, putting in the extra effort this week. This podcast never sleeps, man. I am Jake, and I'm known as the Mighty Alaskan Ute, and for those that don't know, I am on vacation with my family well, I mean, it's called a vacation, but we're back visiting my wife's family in Kansas City. So it's a lot more work than just a regular vacation. But I'm sitting in the hotel business center right now at 1130 at night, <laughs> and anyone can walk in and partake and enjoy this. So you never know. Be prepared if someone walks in to, to uh, start joining us on this podcast. This is this is wild. This is a lot like the coaches show where they bring the coach into like a, a Chuckarama or somewhere, and they're like, yeah, we're recording. And you've just got this yeah. section of the restaurant where it's like, man, it looks like official business over there. And meanwhile, they're walking around with breadsticks, and it's just business as usual in the rest of the restaurant. <laughs> It so, is. It is, man. My, there's, no, there's no chuck wagon in here, though, man. I've got, I've got a couple, a uh, couple computer screens, a couple printers, some very official business-looking uh, <laughs> photos on the wall, and uh, nice. and just me so far. So this it's is, so far so good. This is like the ultimate troll. Like my goal for this episode is to get you so angry that the management comes in to talk to you. And shuts our podcast down. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just not, to not to divulge too much, down, but I saw the ma- I saw the manager on duty, and he's he's less than svelte. So if <laughs> uh, if it requires any physical labor, I think I should, I should be able to take this guy. No problem. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. But dude, just real quick. Okay, have you ever been to Kansas City? Yeah, I drove through. It was uh, it was dark, and I. I went to the bathroom in Kansas City. That's it. I don't okay, know anything so you've else about it. So you've never been there then. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, there are 25 barbecue restaurants that would be the king of anything in Salt Lake City. It's just amazing how good the barbecue is out here. Nice. I mean, you know, you have you have your Bam Bams that everyone talks about. You have your R&R and those pl- in Salt Lake. And those places, are they're decent. I know people are going to be offended by this, but they cannot freaking hold a candle to most of the barbecue joints out here. I mean, you have world-class barbecue out here. Do yourself right. a favor and Google the name Joe's Kansas City and just research it a little bit. I mean, it's a place like when presidents come in here, they order barbecue for the, for the Air Force One flight home. Like, it's incredible. Nice. It started out as a, in a little gas station on 47th in Kansas City, and it's still the original's still there. They have three places now, but no matter what time of day you go, it's freaking packed, and the line is outside the door and it is incredible it's just it's just world-class barbecue those that say eh, i don't really like barbecue that much it's just because they haven't tasted the right stuff yet it's it's incredible so if you ever find yourself in kansas city do yourself a favor man go out to joe's kansas city that's place number one mm-hmm. slaps barbecue is place number two it's a new place on the scene but it's incredible there's just so much good barbecue out here it's incredible if you ever got a hankering if you ever and hey did BYU play anybody in the midwest any future schedules anybody out yeah, this way I was just thinking about that that for the size of Kansas City that's what they're missing there's that's not a college football town is it well I mean you have you have Kansas who is in Lawrence which is basically 30 minutes west of Kansas City okay so it's it's almost like going from Salt Lake to to Provo really okay so I mean, most of the people here in Kansas City either cheer for Kansas or yeah. Mizzou, which is in Columbia, which is about an hour and a half east okay. of Kansas City. So, so there's 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 those two, and then you have a you have a fragment that cheers for K State, which is you know in Manhattan, which is a couple two three hours west of Kansas City. Okay, but for the most part, especially during basketball season, it's a Jayhawk town, man. Gotcha. 
Yeah, no, I would BYU home and home with Kansas would be awesome because that automatically jacks up our uh, P5. People love to obsess over the P5 stats. Like BYU is X versus the P5s this year, and that's a that's a gimme win. <laughs> so, dude, didn't actually now I think about it. You guys played in Arrowhead last year or the year before, didn't you? Against Missouri? Yes. In Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. So you have been out here in Kansas City, and dude, it's. I'm, I'm sure a lot of your fans partook of the said barbecue when they were out here. But, yeah, uh, I, I came out because cool. um, I come out. I have my business out here, and then my wife's family's out here, which is like I, what I said. And the mm-hmm. Utes played Kansas in basketball the Lon Wright's senior year. So it was that 2015 or 16? I can't remember now. Okay. And um, and that and and then the Chiefs played the next day, and so I, we did. I, I me and my brothers flew out, did a doubleheader. Went to the Chiefs, the the Utes KU basketball game at the Sprint Center downtown Kansas City, and then the uh, the Chiefs. Raiders game the next day nice. in Arrowhead is a lot of fun, yeah. So yeah, it sounds awesome. And then ate lots of Q in between, my man. Anyway, we could go on. What's that? <laughs> Ten minutes of barbecue already. Oh, well, let me just one a... last one last bit. One last bit because I'm <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. as passionate about my food as I'm about about my Utes. So at Joe's Kansas City, they have this sandwich. Okay, mm-hmm. it's called the Z Man, and I'm telling you, every freaking time you go into Joe's Kansas City, the barbecue is done. Perfectly. You go to other restaurants and they have off nights where the meat wasn't smoked well or it's tough. That's never the problem here. So this Z-Man is a brisket that's sliced super thin and they put onion rings, cheese, and sauce on it and it's the most incredible sandwich you've ever had. And I swear they served that sandwich at the councils in heaven when we were deciding who to follow. And it was catered by Joe's Kansas nice. City because it's incredible, bro. I, I'm just wondering, can they ziplock it and dry ice it and make it somehow get all the way to North Pole, Alaska? Actually, yes. They just started. I'm not even kidding you. They just started a, ma- a, a mail service Okay. last summer. So they built a smokehouse just for this, a, a smokehouse just for the shipping. So I've ordered it before. What they do is they send you the ingredients for this sandwich. Yeah. So they'll send you the brisket. The onion rings, the cheese, the the buns, the sauce, and they'll dry ice ship it to you. So what you do is you get it out, and then it, it has instructions. So it's dry, it's, it's freezer packed. You take the brisket, you boil water, and then you put the the unsealed or the sealed package in the boiling water yeah. to kind of thaw it. And then you cook the onion rings in the oven. You uh, toast the bun, and then you put it all together yourself. And it's if 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 the sandwich itself is a ten. You know, reheated and done this way is probably still an eight. But, dude, hey. an eight, it's better than by far than anything you get in the state of Utah. It's incredible. So I, I've done it. I've ordered a mail order, and it's really freaking good. Yeah. No, yeah. Food, food-wise, up way up here where I live, an eight is a ten. It's it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, is, Alaska has some good food, They've especially the touristy areas, the Anchorage, Homer, uh, Seward. They, they have some really good places. But up here where I live, not quite quite as much there's there's yeah. some good places but not great the one well, dude, so I, when i was growing up there up in juno man we when the wendy's went out of business it was like a crisis for the city <laughs> yeah, because it was the only wendy's over there by the fred meyer on egan boulevard right uh-huh. and when wendy's went out it was a bad deal people were not, were not happy about that so i know you're paying <laughs> that's funny yeah so thinking about the midwest again and you know my my time i spent a little bit of time living in st louis the weirdest food place ever, Little Emo's Pizza. Is that just St. Louis, or do they have that in Kansas City? Dude, it sounds really familiar. I think – I can't remember. Go on. I You'd think You'd remember it, it if you had it. It's it's the size of a pizza, and f- like from a bird's-eye view, you'd say that's a pizza. The thing's a saltine cracker. 
It is like <laughs> not even thin crust, like ultra, ultra really? thin crust, like a millimeter thin. It's it's really like a saltine cracker with a bunch of cheese and then ingredients and stuff melted on it. And they say it's a pizza, and the locals loved it. They're like, "Oh, you gotta try this!" And it was it was not good. I had, really I, I tried yeah, it. I've never had it twice, never thinking it. maybe I didn't get the right one the first time. But it's no, I I do not recommend that. So yeah, I'm gonna look That's up that bad, uh, that barbecue shipping though. That's gonna that man. Dude, they hungry. send you. It's called the Z-Man Kit, so they send you enough for eight sandwiches. The Z-Man and Kit. And I what mean, was the name of the place again for our listeners? Joe Joe's Kansas City. Dude, you look up any barbecue list, USA Today, Zagat, whatever, that rates the top barbecue places in America, every single time, Joe's Kansas City is in the top ten, no matter what. I, I wonder, it's, like, it's like one of the world-class barbecue joints. We should have our listeners do that. Order the Z-Man Kit, and then let us know on Twitter, either Jake or myself, uh, how that went for you. I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna do that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you should do it, man. So yeah, we had some football happen, right? We should talk about Did that we? too. I thought we were just talking about <laughs> barbecue. Unlike yeah, like, what a, last what a, week, we what were, a we're week. both in like a good mood now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in a great mood. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, it's been the Utes have put up 40, 40 points back to back games in the Pac-12. Last time they did that was oh crap, I had it, I had it. It was like two thousand twelve something. 15 maybe yeah they don't do it very often i think they've scored 40 points literally like a dozen times and it, they just did it back to back time so it, it pains it feels, me to it say feels this. different they they look unstoppable they've looked great when you consider how they're playing right now when you consider what's ahead aside from this week you know usc might trip them up oregon's gonna be tough but man if they can if they can just keep it going the way they're going they have a chance in both of those games and they're going to dominate the rest of them except you know the end you never know what's going to happen that last game of the season if if they play like they have yeah. the last two games i agree with you if they play that but the problem is I, I, there's been so many times in the past where it's like holy crap we got it figured out we just beat i mean we beat stanford three times in the last four years or whatever five yeah. times three times the last four times we played them and we worked Oregon, and last year against USC, we we looked great. I mean, there's so many times where it's like I, I've been able to say that, oh, if we do this, then yeah. we should be fine. But the problem is we don't stay on that. But this time, I don't know why. It, it does feel different. Like, yeah. it, it hasn't been something like, oh, my gosh, they played well because the defense. They've played two back-to-back completely solid games from every side of the ball, you know? Right, um, right. Ever since they decided to feature our NFL running back and make him the focal point, and then have Tyler Huntley fill in with his passing, they the dude they look different and all that. But they've changed kind of their formations on the way they do their pass, yeah. their passing game. I don't know if you've seen some of the breakdowns, but it's almost like uh, it's kind of a bunch formation where it's not really spread out wide. But then you know it, it allows receivers to go deep and have Tyler Huntley kind of have that quarter of the field knowing there's only one guy in the area there right. makes it easier for them. Just just their their formations a bit different. And since they did that, dude, I mean they do. They look they look the best the offense has looked, in my opinion, since Brian Johnson was running it in two thousand eight, the last three or four games of the year. Because even in two thousand eight there were some times where they didn't look that great. But against against San Diego State and TCU and in Alabama the, that year, they looked awesome. And the offense looks that good again, which is Crazy to say because freaking three weeks ago it was like dire straits, you know? Well, I wanted to ask you on that because they, on TV they kept saying the L.A. Rams offense. And at the beginning of the season, that's not necessarily a compliment, but the L.A. Rams have done amazing, unexpectedly so. I mean, they're kind of emerging as the, the prominent team in the NFC, uh, you know, next to the Eagles there. And then 
I had so I hadn't heard that mentioned in any other game. So has have they switched on the fly midseason and said, "Hey, here's something working for them. We're gonna implement this suddenly, and this is a new thing," or is this more they're just becoming the identity they've been working towards all along, and it just didn't click before this week? No, dude. I think they've instituted these packages on the go, which is like I said, it's it's more of bunch formations where the receivers are kind of lined up close, and it looks like almost like a jumbo set, like a Stanford run heavy set, but with mm-hmm. receivers, and they go out in their their routes. And Tyler Huntley's been able to read that better than than the previous offense, where it's progression based and et cetera. And he just he looks way different, looks way more comfortable. I mean, he's made passes in the last two games I've never seen him make. We've already talked about that Stanford one yeah, yeah. Where that, that won the game. But then this game, this last game, he almost had another similar he – broke, he broke a tackle in the backfield and just looked upfield and threw it down deep to Jalen Dixon. But one of them to, to Damari Simpkins, a 67-yard touchdown, I think, 69, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And it was like – it was one of those bunch formations – and then he just stepped in the pocket and delivered it perfectly over two defenders, right over Simpkins' shoulder, and he streaked down the sidelines for a touchdown. It was the best pass I've ever seen him make. It's like he's comfortable now. He's confident now. It's like, mm-hmm. holy crap, this is the guy I was expecting all offseason. You know, I, when I, I talked about offseason. That, that came at a critical time in the game as well, right? This week where it was like, well, they may be back in this, and it may be closer than it's it's looked like, and then that kind of shut the door on him, right? Um, I mean, it's fourteen nothing to make it twenty one nothing. Okay, did that, so. I'm thinking of a different play then. But there was there was the first drive of the game. It started out and it was third and like seven. The very first set of plays, I was like, "Oh great, we're gonna start three and out. We're back to this." And they passed it out to Zach Moss in the flat, and he just willed himself to a first down. He broke two tackles. He got he got put, hung up with like a yard to go, and he just drove yeah. until he got the first down. Drove his legs, and it's like, okay, that was a spark they needed. And they just kept getting first down and first down, and they couldn't be stopped. It was unbelievable. I've never seen it where they just moved it how they wanted, when they wanted. I mean, they're doing trick reverse plays. I mean, Tyler Huntley passed, caught, and ran for a touchdown. It was yeah. incredible. They did whatever they wanted. It was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and hats off to Taylor for being able to do that. You know, so many teams, uh, for example, the team I know and love, struggle to just get one identity that is going to work for them in the season. And to be able to say we're going to be this kind of a team now and we're going to be that kind of a team now midseason, is, that's not easy to do. And it's usually it's not, not it's not wise to do with kids who when you only have that many games when you're restricted on the amount of time that you can practice see the different the, the Rams can do that because it's your job you know and you're gonna put whatever number of hours into practice that are the optimal and I'm sure they've researched and studied that working with the NCAA you're really limited and so it's a risky move to say we're gonna try to do this but man it looks like it's what was needed because this is the Utah yeah. team we thought we would see this year right. Yep, and dude, the funny thing is, is early on people were dropping passes. It was embarrassing. I I, I call the receivers a a huge disappointment. But dude, the last two games, they've I mean, Kai, or Samson Nakua's first touchdown. This game was a hot, where they threw a fade and he high pointed it in the corner of the end zone and brought mm-hmm. it down. Um, like I the I mentioned the over the shoulder throw to Simpkins, um, Britton Covey's reverse pass. They were running it. It just it's. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Are these two games? Are they just kind of a blip and, and they will go back? Or is this our new identity that people are having a tough time stopping? If it is, freaking dude, it's all my wildest dreams come true, like yeah, Pedro yeah. said, you know? Yep. Like, and, it's crazy because all we've ever said, bro, I've said it for a decade, if we could put a mediocre offense with our defense, we'd, we'd never lose again. Yeah. Well, right now, statistically, we're like the sixth op- 
sixth-ranked offense in the Pac-12. So it's exactly what I've been saying. And look at the outcome because we legit have, by all measures, a top-10 defense. That top five said, in many categories. I so you, play, you put together a mediocre offense with it, or even middle of the road, and it's like, holy crap, we look unstoppable. I don't think that's even fair to call them mediocre right now because they're going to be sixth because they were so poor at the beginning, which means right yeah. now they're good. You know, that's giving yeah. them a season long. It looks like they're mediocre, but right now they're they're not mediocre. They're good right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like bizarro world. I still don't know what to believe. I still don't know whether to buy in or just close <laughs> my eyes and keep dreaming. You know, you have had your heart broken before, <laughs> dude. Oh. That, uh, I could recount and recount, especially the last since we started competing for it. Just coming down all of a sudden, November we lose to a three-win Oregon team and yeah. heartbroken and yeah, over and over. Or even the first year, all we need is a single field goal from our freaking kicker to beat Colorado, who was terrible that year, had one or two wins, and he misses three field goals inside the thirty-yard thirty-yard line in the third and fourth quarter. Like, holy crap! Like. Yeah. Over and over, so I don't know. I got to bring something up, and and you probably knew we were going there, and I got to start with I'm on your side. I just have to let that okay. be clear. I'm on your side, and you fans <laughs> okay. listening, I'm on your side. Okay, let's end it there. <laughs> no, no, no. This is You just remember that when I say what I'm about to say. Garbage time, when you have your backup quarterback in, because it's garbage time, because it's not worth risking an injury to your starter, is garbage time. Uh And I will say this standalone statement that may or may not refer to or apply to this game, you don't fake punt in garbage time. (laughs) Right? Yeah, generally. Here's the thing. Generally, you don't. I'll I'll let you keep going. I'll let you keep going. So here's what I'm saying, because I had to preface this with, I'm on your side. That statement by itself, I think most people would say, yeah, you don't pull out the trick plays in garbage time. And so that's what I put out there. And I said, I know there's two points on that, and this is why I'm on your side. I know the way Witt runs his punters and says, it's up to you. If you see it, go for it. And so I know that was not Witt's decision. And then uh, number two, what I'm not aware of, what I'm going to give you an opportunity to clarify for me, is apparently Utah really, really hates Arizona. And and so those two things combined kind of change things on that. But all I said out there on Twitter was, that's a bad look. And holy cow, I was relegated to the furthest corner of Cougar Board. <laughs> I, seriously, everybody was like, Dude. I love all these angry BYU fans. I'm like, no, I'm not angry. I'm just stating that doesn't look good. And everybody's like, you keep playing until the game's over. And they're like, well, why do you have your backup quarterback in? And then everybody's like, if you don't like it, stop it. It's like the backups are like, we're not going to be like, anyway, I, I got into it. Here's, and then here's I a couple. Here's to two of those it. points. Here's the two of those points. The first one you mentioned, Witt does let Wisnowski make that decision. I know he faked one against Weber, I think. Mm-hmm. And you could see Coach's face right after. He's like, what happened there? And he, you could tell he's kind of like, I don't know if I would have done that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So on this one, I think it was the same thing. But So to that point, the punt before, Wisnowski got cheap-shotted by an right. Arizona guy like after the play. And I think that played into his decision. I think know? so. He's and like, screw I, this. I wasn't in the room. I had a lot going on that game. And so I came back in and watched. And so I didn't see any of that set up for it. I probably would have just not tweeted anything if I'd seen that. But yeah. that being said, if you put yourself in the mindset of Wisnowski in every play, you're looking for opportunities. You, you practice uh-huh. the way you play, and garbage time is kind of like practice. So, you know, I'm not mad at him for going for it. Yeah. I'm just stating so, a so fact that it doesn't look good. And don't kill me no, for it that. It's just a statement. 
uh, on the surface it doesn't right uh, so but back more to point one uh-huh. it was something where like the play was over and they actually got a 15 yard penalty for it where the the guy knocked him from the side when the, he was out okay. of the play and so I think that was part in, to his decision um, two um, you know it's you get 12 games a year this guy's competitive I'm not gonna I'm not gonna label the entire program classless because one of their punter decided in one right. of those 12 opportunities right. to run a fake punt against a team he's mad at you know yeah yeah no and, I'm and, again I'm on your side I'm okay with that <laughs> yeah and, and more importantly okay to your point about Utah I freaking I hate Arizona so freaking bad mostly because of basketball yeah because they've been cheating pieces of crap forever and everybody's known it right. i mean they've stolen legacy guys from us who were leaning towards utah and then right at the end they make a visit to arizona and all of a sudden they commit to arizona and as we find out from the fbi stuff going on right now i mean they're literally paying players hundreds of thousands of dollars to right. commit to them right and so we've always known there's shady crap going on with them and then their fans when they come to the stadiums and their chant their stupid u of a chant and you go down to las vegas pac-12 tournament and it's like 60 percent arizona fans and 40 yeah. percent everybody else and they're just really cocky and really arrogant and then come to find out they're paying people to go there literally it's like dude you just hate them i mean i can point yeah. to like several players that were like you legacy guys that were like shoe-ins to come to utah and all of a sudden they go to arizona right after a quote oh all of a sudden they had a change of heart meaning the freaking two hundred thousand dollar check cleared you know right right so they're just i don't know i just i hate i've always hated them specifically for that i've hated them because they're just gah i don't know so it felt good to do that to them literally if i had to rank the teams one through 12 in the pac-12 arizona would be last i've always disliked them so if there's anybody gonna do it against do it against those guys but yeah on the surface fake punting up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter when you have backups in not the best route to take i agree with you there yeah Uh, and i i like your your ranking there uh question i have does it go both ways? Who who do Arizona fans now? Obviously Arizona State because that's the rivalry. Beyond Arizona State, is there some animosity towards Utah that you're seeing start to show up? I think they. I think they are obviously Arizona State. I think also USC because everyone hates USC and they've been mm-hmm. beating up on them forever. But I think Utah's probably climbing up there just with kind of the 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 uh, smack talk we've been talking yeah. with them lately. But I mean they've they've owned everybody in basketball. They've been the king of that conference in basketball for twenty plus years yeah and uh i don't know I, I don't know if they have the same hatred towards us because on top of that early on in the conference they owned us you know under rich rod they beat us i think four straight times and a couple of them were blowouts when we were in contention for the conference right so that's made it kind of angered us but we've we've won three in a row against them now we don't have that that um monkey on our back that they own us and so i don't know if they're starting to hate us too maybe they, I, I guarantee after this last game they probably are after the fake punt and all that yeah, stuff yeah but i don't know screw those guys i hate those guys so whatever <laughs> and at the end of the day it's just a game it's fine yeah. you, you don't and, actually and, and, murder somebody by running a fake punt against no, them no sports and I'm glad hate you don't. sports hate those guys sports yeah, hate yeah. those guys that's different and the two arizona schools they're 11 and 12 arizona state i hate them too yeah. arizona state arizona 11 12 easy no doubt nice Yep. So, all right, man. So we talked a little about the Utes. They look good. They they executed. Uh, they have a huge game this week, which we'll talk about in a little while when we get to this week's stuff. But let's talk about your your guys, man. You had a big a big deal happen with a new quarterback coming in. BYU football is back. <laughs> yes. Again. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. How, you can get shirts in 1984 and yes. 2018. How many seasons do you get to celebrate your team being back twice? 
Dude, maybe we can make it three. It'd be maybe if they lose to, <laughs> they can lose this week to Northern Illinois, and then be Boise. You could proclaim it for a third again. time. Yeah, no, BYU yeah. felt very much back against Arizona. Of course, we thought Arizona was good, and and BYU felt back. And then against Wisconsin, there's no doubt in my mind they were back. This is the team that's just gonna not lose anymore. And then holy cow, what a what a drop off. Now we we've. Uh, We've been enjoying this win over a very not great Hawaii team. But here's what I have to say to that. Because Zach Wilson looked awesome. And when you qualify that with for a true freshman in his first game, awesome doesn't cover it. When you keep that in mind, he looked phenomenal. Okay, He looked awesome for an average quarterback in his average game, middle of his career in, in NCAA. He looked great for that being his very first time. I, I knew going into it he was going to have some bad decisions, some struggles. He threw the interception. He struggled. He ran out of bounds sometimes when he should have thrown it away. You know, There's little things, of course, he can clean up. And then, of course, all the, all the haters jump in with this is the 118th pass defense in the NCAA. But here's the, here's the only response I have. Tanner Mangum's numbers were almost as bad. His pass efficiency was near that level. So going into it, it was like, well, this will be a real chess match between the worst pass defense in out of 120 teams and, and one of the least efficient passing offenses in 120 teams. So we were ready for this to be a close battle and for Zach Wilson to come in. And, of course, he didn't pass even above their average allowed passing yards, but we're running so well. I mean, the, the points we put up, it was probably 170% of what they typically allow. It was not quite double, but we did well offensively. You know, even against the standard of what they typically do, we did well. And then you flip it on the other side, defense finally showed up. The defense had been there those first few games, and the defense has been missing week after week after week. They showed up. They brought it. This was a solid win from beginning to end that is worth celebrating. And there's nothing I hate more on Twitter than people who say, you shouldn't be as happy as you are right now. Like, what's your deal? Do you just hate puppies and stuff? You could just let people be happy. It's fine. Yeah. No, I, I get it. And the funny thing is, it's it comes a lot, I know this, a lot from the Ute fans. Like, yeah, it's just Hawaii. It's just Hawaii. Uh, the funny thing is, though, and we've said this before, it happens on both sides. Mm-hmm. And the other side does whatever they can to make the other person realize they shouldn't be as happy as they are. And you look like you look at like when you talk about the Pac ten, everyone started calling it the Pac ten point two. You're yeah. like, Oh, yeah. the Pac twelve sucks anyway, so you shouldn't be that excited. So it's just it's just it is yeah. what it is, dude. It's sports. People will try and tear the other person down. Then people get offended that they care so much. Then you start throwing, oh, we're in your head. Oh, you're yeah. in my head. Oh, rent-free. Oh, boy, exactly. you don't care about us anymore. It's so exhausting, dude. Twitter. The is, I still, I still got caught up in it, though. I still like to throw out little barbs. And, it's just fun, though, man. It's, it's fun. It's fine. It escalates, though. It's like a snowball thing. Where So that's here's another thing about that. I got into it. I There was like three or four people in this conversation. If You know who you are. We were talking on Twitter during this game. First quarter, Zach Wilson's doing awesome. Two or three BYU fans are like, hey, Zach Wilson for Heisman. Nobody's taking him seriously. They're not taking themselves seriously. That's the ha-ha, yeah, look how great he's doing. Suddenly the Ute fans jump on, and I don't even know who was first. And so someone called the BYU fan base out on it, so I did a real-time Twitter search on it and found eight results. Half of them BYU fans. I'm not going to say half Ute fans. One or two Ute fans. One or two, like, Nebraska. I don't know why Nebraska's been – 
They, they just love us, I guess. There's, there's just <laughs> random other fans out there that are like, this Zach Wilson kid, he's going to be a Heisman someday. So I'm going to say 50-50 BYU and non-BYU people talking about it. It's this echo chamber where we buy into the narrative that this is happening and we're delusional and on and on and on and on. And I will admit, we've got delusional fans among us. You've got delusional fans among you. They exist. They're out there. But good grief, we got to get past the narrative of – a quarterback's doing well and we're happy for him therefore we're delusional let's have fun like and here's another i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in with our new sponsor this week our sponsor this week is another podcast it's a podcast for literature it's a book club if you're a man and you like reading books but you don't feel like you have a book club for men that you belong to join the best book brothers we're bestbookbrothers.com and we read books together and we do a podcast where we discuss the books and it's awesome but one of the things one of the hosts wisely said in episode one of that podcast it's me you're rolling your eyes at me it's me it's my other podcast I pointed out in episode one that it's a cheap and easy way to sound smart by being negative. You know, you take any great work of literature or any great movie or a great, you know, offensive game plan or whatever. If you're just like, yeah, this is great, then you're vulnerable. That People are like, oh, that guy doesn't know anything. But if you suddenly like tear it apart, you talk about how this book could have been better, then obviously you're a good author if you could improve one of the best books ever. But grow up, man. Where's your book? Like, if you know how to write yeah. a book better than the guy that wrote the book, write your own book. And so I hate when people be negative in an effort to sound smart, and we see that so much in sports, and we see that on Twitter. We see so many coaches that are better coaches than the highest-paid coaches in the country. And it's just mm-hmm. it's like, come on, man. Dude, you know, the game has changed when Twitter became a thing, mm-hmm. when, when, when social media became a thing. And people could say whatever they wanted behind their mighty Alaskan Ute name, and no, you know, and no, and no yeah. picture is like I just say the most negative, dumb thing ever, and people could do that, and someone else get offended at that person. They start. That's when it. That's when all this vitriol really took a, a new level. And I look at. I'm not going to name his name because he might hunt me down and murder me. <laughs> but, but he's a former linebacker for your school. And, oh man, <laughs> and he I, I got your back to against flip him. The, flip the bird. He loves to go do any. And you look at no matter what happens, and and I know he's just trying to get a reaction, but there's people that don't realize that who take the bait, and it causes a lot of the problems. Like Zach Wilson will complete a 10-yard pass. Oh, in your face, Tyler Hundley could never complete that pass, (laughs) and he could never hold his jock strap. And then you'll get 20 people who'll be like, this yeah. guy's an idiot, and reply back, and then he'll he'll quote tweet it, and then it'll be an army of 200 BYU fans arguing against an army of 200 Utah fans, all from that one 10 yard completed pass. You it, know, yeah, and it's like it's nonstop with that guy it and is. his minions, and dude, I think that causes a lot of the problems because people. I've been around long enough to realize it's his shtick and that's his game. But there's people that will see that and, like, genuinely be pissed. Like, how, dude, BYU completed a 20-year pass against Hawaii, and now he's talking about how yeah. he's better than Utah. I hate his guts, but I'm going to fight with him, you know? Here's here's what I, I like and don't like. At, at its core, I like that. That's fine. He's a competitor. He's played the game. He can be fiery and passionate, and he's earned the right to be passionate about the program. And you're right. If it's limited to just – his shtick of let's get like Utes. I don't know if it's just my point of view. Quote tweet quite a bit. There's a lot of quote tweeting that happens among. Uh, it seems like more the Ute fan base than others. But again, that's that's. I will admit that might just be my skewed point of view. And so if people get a reaction out of that and that makes their day great. My biggest issue, and I don't even care. I don't think he listens to people. We we don't have that huge of an audience. My biggest thing though 
is when you start talk, when you start being racist and sexist and terrible on Twitter in your takes, you're actively hurting recruiting. You're actively harming the program that you love so much, and that kills me. Because I was there in Washington, and the dude was on the field with the team. He's walking around with the coaches. He's very much a visible part of the program. Good grief. If you're going to be a part of the program and be on the sideline, grow the freak up. You can't act that way. You can't be a racist, and you can't be sexist. Like You shouldn't be that anyway. As a human being, as a son or daughter of God, we need to like grow up. But if you're a visible part of the program and you're trying to help it, you you got to pick a side. Get away from the program and be like that or be part of the program and help recruiting by not saying crap like that on Twitter. Like it's 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 like some people have the frustration with our president. You can be a president and you can say crazy things on Twitter. Don't do both. Yeah. Well, dude, I I I've I I don't follow him or I blocked him on I, YouTube. I don't either. So I I don't I don't but I see his fights all the time because, like you said, people will quote tweet something he says, and then it go nuts. So did he say something? Did, was this anonymous person? <laughs> was he saying racist, homophobic stuff this week? He or did. Something? He did. And I I would like to think it got deleted pretty quick because all I ever saw was screenshots of it being passed around. But then then you have so many people from my fan base that are sticking up for him because they're not thinking for themselves. They're like, well, we got to stick up for our guy who, for some reason, we always tag him in our own fights because we're like, can't handle our own fights for some reason. But don't, you don't stick up for racism. Like I know there's probably listeners to our podcast that follow him and like him. He, He doesn't say great things sometimes. If he's saying something that implies that our black running backs are, are weaker or are less valiant than the other running backs, don't stand by that statement. That's a terrible thing to say. And that's certainly what the implication was. And then to throw in female genitalia as the way to get that point across, like it's, it's hitting, it's checking all the boxes. And it was, it was a Ute fan that first pointed it out. That's where I first saw it was. He was not even quote tweeting, sharing the screenshot saying, look at this. It's checking the box of racism, sexism, and it's inaccurate. And that's the thing. It is inaccurate. Squally has balled out. And I love Squally. Like, first half of the season, he was a beast, and he struggled with injury. Heaven forbid he sees that and takes it personally, because I think it was directed at him. I mean, come on. Oh, really? Squally is not LDS. He's attending BYU. So far, he seems to be having a great experience. He seems to be fitting in. Don't freaking ruin that. Like, take your racism somewhere else. I hate it. Yeah. Well, I know that he, he directly tweets to Utah players all the time crap and then that's what really riles people up is when he'll tweet something at Damari Simpkins who who was a little boastful before the season started and <laughs> called himself the best receiver in the country and yes. obviously that hasn't that hasn't played out that way but he keeps mocking him on Twitter and dude that's when you fans really get after this guy it's so tiring and yeah. I know I know I have a, I'm 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 a lot calmer than I used to be I know I used to be all kinds of fighting and stuff but that kind of stuff bothers me and oh well Anyway, so we got we went a little farther down this rabbit hole than we I, did. Than and I and hoped, fi- final thought on that: I hope he's in a good place because when I see stuff like that, it makes me worry about him too. You know, it, yeah, it, we may be yeah. just seeing something on the surface. He maybe has a lot of stuff going on in his life, and it's it's probably not fair of me to look at one or two of his thoughts and just dismiss him entirely. And so hopefully he gets his head in a better place. And you know, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Well, here's what I've learned, man. I I've learned that everybody is going through something. Everybody, period. Right. Whether whether you can see it on the surface or not, whether people's struggles are visible or not, everybody has some sort of problem 
that yeah. they're dealing with, some worse than others. So hopefully if he's got something deep going on, he can he can deal with it. But, yeah, man, it, life life's hard, dude. Life is hard. It was a, it was a lot easier when I was a teenager and my parents paid for everything and I was naive. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a parent and finances and worldly problems that I see, it's just it's hard, dude. But let's it not is. bring this podcast down, bro. This is about <laughs> no, football. Let's, let's get go. back to the – the good happy stuff. Okay, so no, I got one more so, on the sad thing. Okay, okay, <laughs> it, okay. Yeah, I, I, I wrote notes. We've covered everything on our notes because because this is going to be a real downer, and then we'll move on. Uh, okay, let's just this, bring it low, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig back out. You're going to be surprised by this, and it's going to bring you as much down as it is me. We have a listener. <laughs> okay. We have a listener, Dustin Scown at D S C O W N D Scown, who's from Juno. And he listened. Yeah, he listened. That's, he does. What's uh, up, fellow Junoite? Is he? He listens to our podcast. He does. And so after we a few weeks ago, we talked about North Pole High School football and, and Juno High School football and Thunder Mountain. And and I wasn't sure why those teams hadn't played this year because in in the years past they've been playing regularly. So he sent me a message, and and I got it. And he pointed out to me that Juno and Thunder Mountain have merged, not the schools, but the football teams because they didn't have enough people. Kidding. So they are now one football team for the Juno area. And because they merged, they got sent up to the large division you know in alaska i think there's three it's just large medium and small schools so north pole is a medium-sized school juno and thunder mountain are now a large school and being a big school like that they have to compete with the biggest and best from anchorage and they did not win a single game this year just like my north pole patriots also did not win a single game this year what so what's their team name what's their is it the juno just juno football team you know know? he didn't mention that he just said they've combined if you're listening, I need further details because I think you mentioned in the past. I myself am a former Juno Douglas Crimson Bear in the right. late '90s. You know, the red and black baby. What was we had the we had the we had the red paw on the side of our black helmet, and dude, I was a former Juno Douglas Crimson Bear, so I got to know what the football team is up there now. What's, man. what's Thunder dude. Mountain's mascot? Dude, I don't know. It came in after I left. They built it over by the Juno Racket Club in the valley. Yeah, um, and I lived in the valley. Um, so I lived right on the Mendenhall River, which came down from the Mendenhall Glacier, and I know they built it in, in the open like baseball fields right off there in the okay. valley, but I don't know because it was built after I moved, so I, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead, and for now, I will name them the Juno Thunder Bears, and we will just know them hey. as the Juno Thunder Bears until we hear otherwise. Yeah, that's like Thunder Thundercats and Care Bears mix, bro. Thunder Buddies. That's incredible. Yeah. Dude, well, Dustin, my man, my fellow Junoite, um, let us know. Let us know what the team name is now. But that's 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 crazy. They merged. But back when I was playing, we just had one high school. Anyway, yeah. So it's kind of seems kind of like the same. <laughs> so same deal. Okay. Our high school teams coming are winless. up this week. Now man. we can be positive. Now we can be happy yeah. again. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. Coming up this week, let's start with my Utes, man. We have a huge, huge tilt, bro, I'm against the USC Trojans. Game. And you know, I was talking to a friend earlier today, um, and I was telling him it feels bigger. Then you then you look at like the records. It doesn't look as big as it is because we're four and two. I believe yeah. they're five and two, and it doesn't look like a huge tilt. But I guarantee you, if USC wins this weekend, they've wrapped up the South. Did they? Um, did we, they beat Colorado last week? Yes, they did. Okay, they beat Colorado. If we win this weekend, I think it, it gives us a better shot. But we haven't wrapped it up by any means because we still right. play Oregon and Colorado. But USC. It's an elimination game. USC okay. can eliminate us this week, in my opinion. 
Um, we can't eliminate them, but it, it, we, it's it's basically a must win for Utah. And right. the funny thing is, it's so weird because Utah's favored by a touchdown. Yeah, and you never expect to be favored over USC because their backups are five star guys. Literally, right. Porter Gustin got injured. Uh, my friend pulled up the backups bio. He was a five star linebacker recruit with offers from Alabama and Oregon and yeah, I saw Michigan. That too. It's like holy crap. This guy is their backup, and he's like mm-hmm. just all American, you know. So you, you never expect to be favored, but dude, we're favored by a touchdown against these guys. Everybody that's predicting the game, all the national guys are saying, "Yeah, Utah will win this." It feels weird to go into a USC game to be favored and expected to win, and I am uncomfortable with that. Is this in Salt Lake or LA? It's in Salt Lake, baby. Okay, it's right there at Rice Eccles. And the last two games against USC at Rice Eccles have been like mirror images. Utah won both of them on last-second touchdowns, yeah. on last-second drives in the fourth quarter. Both were blackouts. 2016, Troy Williams threw a, about a 20-yard pass to corner to Tim Patrick, beat a Dory Jackson for the touchdown. In the mm. 2014, I believe it was, Travis Wilson rolled out to the right and hit Kalen Clay in the north end zone for a touchdown to win. Both mm-hmm. under 30 seconds. Both touchdowns won the game. Yeah. So they've been they've been crazy battles. And then you look at last year's game at USC was the two-point conversion where Darren Carrington was wide open in the end zone. Yeah. And if Troy would have looked up, we would have won that game too. That so they've been good battles. play, yes. And, yeah, and they've all they've all kind of uh, – they've, they've all, like, had uh, implications for the South. And one right. quick funny side story. 2015, I think it was, Utah was number three mm-hmm. going into USC. And USC hadn't played very well that year, and Utah I think was favored by maybe maybe USC was favored, but anyway. So uh, I was sitting in the I was went to that game at USC, and USC beat us pretty handily. Um, and as I was walking out, you know, uh, some USC fans taunted me, and my reply was, "Hey, good luck in the Vegas Bowl," uh, <laughs> to, to kind of talk smack. And what happens? USC ends up winning the South, and we go to the Vegas Bowl that year. <laughs> I just remember I was like trying to throw in their face, I'm like "Good luck yeah. in the Vegas Bowl," like expecting us to to just pick up where we left off the next year and w- next week and win out. Yeah. But we ended up losing and going to the Vegas Bowl, and they won the South. So whoever I said that to, I wonder if they if they think about that. If they sit back and think, "Remember that stupid U fan?" Yeah. I said, "Good luck in the <laughs> yeah. Vegas Bowl." <laughs> and they I'm ended up sure there. They do. Uh, <laughs> Although that being true. said, USC fans maybe they don't even care. They've got they've got a lot of other things no, to do. No, they don't. Do. If they're not as as we've seen by the fact they fire coaches after one bad year, if they're <laughs> yeah. not in the national title hunt, they're not interested. As you can tell by looking yeah. at their stands too, when they're not good. Right. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, I think this week I, I feel I feel like if we can play like we have against Arizona and Stanford. I think we win because we've discovered an identity. We run the ball well to Moss. We open up some play-action passes that Huntley's been taking advantage of. I think we can pull this out 28-21 type of deal because our defense, like I said, and I've been saying all year, literally is freaking top five defense. Yeah. They're legit. So I think we can hold them to three touchdowns or less, and I think we can win. pull this out 28-21. That is my prediction for this weekend. I uh, I'm gonna go with something similar. I feel like Vegas. Uh, the, Vegas is usually conservative. You know, Vegas never goes wild. I'm gonna say they were half what they should have been. I think Utah wins by 12 or more. That being oh, said, wow. if Utah doesn't win, the reason why is this new offense they've installed. They now have a couple weeks game film out there on it. USC, if they're worth what they're being paid, coaches, and if the talent's what it is, will be able to be the first team to game plan for the new Utah offense, and you may see it sputter because of that. 
Uh, that, no, dude, I can totally see that happening. Makes total sense. That that yeah. would would not surprise me in the least, man. Especially because, like I said, their backups are five star dudes. You know, yeah, they got talent for sure. They got talent, so yeah. should be good though. I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a six p.m. kickoff. Nice uh, throwback uniforms should be a should be a good one. So uh, let's see, you guys, who do you, do you have? Do you play this week or are you buy? Yeah, it's one of the uh, relaxing, easy, easygoing weeks. We don't have a game to watch. We've got to buy, so which is good because that gives us two weeks to prepare for NIU, which gave you guys a tougher battle than we expected. So I don't expect Dude. NIU to be a cakewalk, but we can talk more about that next week. Yeah, um, no, and yeah, we scored one offensive touchdown against them. <laughs> But that was before we kind of switched things up, so I don't, I'm not sure how that would go now. But yeah. dude, I tell you what, bye weeks, I, I, they're only good after wins. Right. You know, you can enjoy. Right. enjoy. When, you, when you have lose, like Utah lost to Washington, we had a bye week. It was excruciating for two freaking weeks. It sucked. Yeah. The, the thing I like most about this is we now have three straight weeks of Zach Wilson taking QB1 snaps in practice, and I like that. I like him, yeah. you know, just being a very much by the time we play NIU and, and Boise that we're not to overlook NIU, but there's still a couple tough teams ahead, Boise being one of them. And it, if Zach Wilson has five weeks of QB1 snaps, he should be relatively comfortable by then, and, and we should see things flow a lot better going on. So I think it's a great time for a bye week. I'm going to just, you know, enjoy football. I might even go. We don't have any snow yet. This is like the latest in years and years and years that we don't have snow. It's been unreasonably Dude, warm. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I actually did like five miles in my kayak yesterday because we don't have ice either. So, hey, as long as there's no ice, I'm just going to go kayak and enjoy my life. So I may do a little Stand of that on out. Saturday. There you go, dude. Pick, pick up the Utes USC game in the afternoon. Yeah. All right. Any new sponsors? Well, you mentioned one. I, I'll, another sponsor, Joe's Kansas City, actually. Yeah. Barbecue out here, the best barbecue in the world, in my opinion. Well, there. Okay. There's there's some there's several joints that are that are in the top echelon. There's a place in Dallas called Pecan Lodge that mm. I went to. Incredible. There's a place in the South in South Carolina I went to last year. Rodney Scott Whole Hog Barbecue. Incredible. Uh, and Joe's Kansas City, those are the three best places I've ever been. And Joe's yeah. Kansas City did sponsor us this week, got us a bunch of gear, a bunch of swag, <laughs> and uh, they love our show. So Joe's Kansas City, they do. they're Kansas really City, nice. Go grab a Z-Man sandwich. And here's the hard thing about that: they just walked in and brought us this delicious plate of all this, and, and Jake's enjoying it. But I'm still working my butt off because I I made that stupid pledge, that commitment way back. <laughs> you remember that? KCU, yep. it was like, yeah, let's all lose a bunch of weight. And I'm like, yeah, 20 pounds, that's what I need to lose. And so I committed that, and I have plateaued. I'm working my butt off. I'm spending so much time on the elliptical. Like I said, five miles in the kayak yesterday. I'm burning so many calories. And and it, here's the thing. I'm feeling way healthier. Like my shoulders are big. My waist is smaller than it was. I'm feeling great. I'm not losing weight. I think I'm putting on more muscle than I'm losing fat. And so – this may be some stupid thing where I lose the actual commitment, but it's still worth it because it's like my life is better and I'm healthier. But I'm starting to get worried. We've got like it's uh, November 24th. You know, it's the rest of the season's worth of time to lose. And I'm like five weeks, I'm like, bro, five weeks, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. So, Dude, well, you're, I see right now you're wearing your muscle tee, so you've been working out, man. Yeah, good. I did it. I did a two a day today. I didn't work today, so I did a morning workout and an evening workout just before oh, recording. Dude. It's uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna go into full on high school wrestler anorexia mode as we get closer to that. You know, the crazy <laughs> sucking taffies. Those guys and are crazy. And, it is. You know, really, it, it, when you think about all the read about anorexia and all the problems with it and everything, and then think about the way a high school wrestler lives their life, like that's. That's the same. 
It's just Dude, my best friend in high school back in Juno. His name was Dave Shepard. He was a state champion wrestler. Yeah, and it was it was sucked because during the season we couldn't we never hung out during lunch because he'd be in the gym. Literally, what he'd do go in the gym at school, put on three sweatshirts, run around the gym, and spit into a cup so he would lose as much weight as possible so he could yeah. meet his weight. And I kept saying to him, "Wouldn't it make more sense, dude?" And I I'd never wrestled, so I don't know if this makes sense. Wouldn't it make sense more sense? For you to kind of just beef up, be healthy, and then catch all the guys that are sliding down into your weight class who are weak and frail from doing that anyway, yeah. rather than you know being weak yourself. Why don't you just be healthy, eat eat good, be strong, and catch all the dudes that are doing that or sliding down into your weight class? You know, I feel like there definitely is a smarter way we can do it. Like, you know, the technology is here now where it's we know the the weight is a number and the weight is not an accurate or good number to use to determine health. Like. Let's use some of our technology. Let's let's make wrestling smarter and safer for teenagers. And I don't know how many teenagers are actually like hurting themselves losing weight, but it doesn't seem healthy. You know, no. seems like everything. Make wrestling they say, great again, do. bro. Yeah, make wrestling. Make, make wrestling great again. Uh, we could get hats. We could make red hats. Make wrestling yeah. great again. What's that's a that'll be a project we'll work on the off season. Yes, this is this is a cause I did not know I felt passionately about until just now. <laughs> But you know what? Yeah. I'm championing this cause. This is going to be my new calling in life. Fantastic. All right, man. Well, until next week, uh, we will sign off, and hopefully next week the Utes are 5-2 and two, headed to UCLA, and, and I'll be happy again. But, the, the, I mean, that's the thing. When you fall down, when you start the season like this, two losses, it becomes every game becomes a must win from here on yeah. out. And so the stakes are high. Hopefully we can pull it off, but hopefully next week we're talking about another win for the Utes. And uh, yeah. look forward to that. And go Utes. Go Cougars. All right, bro. Yes, sir.